This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here visiting today with Kelsey Carper, the co-founder of Current Studio and also the curator of uh, an upcoming exhibit called Shift uh, that will be taking place here at Current Studio. Also speaking with uh, Thomas Thompson, and he is one of the uh, co-founders of Factory Obscura, which is the group that will be actually putting on this exhibit. Welcome. Thanks so much uh, to both of you for being uh, to talking with me today. Yeah, thank Pre you. Appreciate it. I thought what we do is start out and hear a little bit about how uh, Factory Obscura came into being and just to hear how, how this has evolved. Yeah, so... Uh, Current Studio has been around for about a year and a half now. We we opened in February of 2016, and uh, our mission is really about you know presenting art and supporting artists in new ways and exploring alternative models for how we can do that. And uh, one of the kind of signature programs that we've developed since we started is our artist in residence program. And uh, through that, we what we do is we invite an artist who um, whose work we're excited about and who we see a potential to kind of go bigger with their work. And so we invite them to come and take over our space for a period of time. Essentially our gallery becomes their studio for at least a month, sometimes longer. And, um, and we give them a cash award of $2,500 and then whatever other kind of support we can give them with, and that comes in the form of curatorial input, uh, logistical support, you know, if they need to recruit volunteers, they need help sourcing materials, whatever it is they need, we try and support them. And by giving them even just that little bit of support, um, we found that it makes uh, really huge leaps in their work possible, where, you know, without that kind of support, it would be something that might be a little too ambitious for them to accomplish on their own. So um, that's really been uh, kind of the heart of this artist in residence program. And uh, we've had that going on since we started. And earlier this year, um, Laura and Laurent Massonat, who are also uh, founding members of Factory Obscura, came and met with us just about this crazy idea that they had. And they knew that we were also big fans of crazy ideas. And so <laughs> they came and uh, told us about this idea they had for, um, you know, forming a collective of artists and community builders and, you know, doers, makers of things, uh, to make this big idea possible, which is to build fully immersive experiential art environments. And at the time, it didn't have a name. It was just an idea. Uh, Lauren Laurent and Thomas had all been talking about this prospect. And Romy, my partner here at Current Studio, and I, you know, we listened. We got really excited about it. I mean, this is really right up our alley, not only encouraging artists to do something sort of beyond the scope of what they've ever done before and providing new experiences for the audience, but also building into that whole idea um, supporting artists financially, like building into the whole model of it that the artists will get paid for their work, which is really important to us. Um, so anyway, we had this conversation. It was really just a brainstorming session about, you know, is this, is our community interested in this kind of thing? And, um, you know, how do we do it? Who are the artists who would be capable of this kind of work? And I think it was the very next day, Romy and I decided that this project should be our artist in residence for the fall. Hmm. And this ha this conversation happened, I think, in April of this year. Uh, so we talked to them about 
in being our artist in residence and they accepted. And so we immediately started forming the artist team and Romy and I really took the lead on selecting the artists because we have a lot of experience with working with artists in our local community and we're very familiar with what what artists are working on we kind of make it our business to to know what artists are making but also what they're hoping to make so that we can sort of figure out how we can support what they're doing um, so we, we sent out this very mysterious email to a group of artists that we thought would be a good fit for this project and said, you know, we have this great idea. Um, it's a really big idea. I can't explain it in an email. Just come to this meeting next week. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they did. <laughs> I think, you know, hopefully they trusted us enough to, to think, okay, this is worth showing up for. Um, so we had this meeting, we explained to them our vision and said, we want you to join us on this journey. And, uh, for the most part, they all signed on, uh, mm -hmm. a few of them weren't able just due to scheduling and other things they had going on. They'll join us later. But, um, so we ended up with this core group of, um, close to 20 artists who, uh, we started meeting right away once a week, every week, um, sometimes more since May, we started those meetings in May to really start formulating our ideas for what this installation was going to be like and how we were going to build it, who was going to do what, what, what's the concept behind it all. Uh, but also at the same time, really developing the, the values of what, what is going to drive Factory Obscura into the future. And, you know, we've determined that, you know, we want to create really, um, mind-blowing experiences for the audience in a way that they've never experienced art in Oklahoma City. Things that they can, you know, not only can they touch, but they're invited to interact with, climb on, climb through, play with, you know, it's really a fully engaging, um, full sensory environment. Um, but also supporting artists in a new way through um, using a new model of of supporting artists and that to us that means you know paying artists for their work which kind of flips the traditional model on on its head where normally an artist is sort of you know toiling away alone in their studio making a whole body of work for probably a gallery exhibition where they hope maybe someday is somebody's going to buy something mm. uh, but they really usually don't have any guarantees going into that whether anything's going to sell or not uh, and this model is really sort of reversing that in that we want to pay the artists to make the work while they're making it. They get paid. Oh, okay. And then we create an experience that the audience wants to support either, you know, in the long run, ultimately we hope that Factor Obscure will have its own permanent home and there will be an admission price. But here at Current Studio in this sort of proof of concept test run phase, we're asking people to donate to help make this possible so we can pay for the materials, pay the artists. Um, make sure that their time is really valued. Uh, so throughout this whole period of about six months, we've really been working through what what those values are, how we're going to achieve them, what kind of business model are we looking at. Um, so the installation here at Current Studio, we started the actual physical build in mid-August. We closed the gallery for a period of three months so that we could build this installation. 
um, which is the longest we've ever been closed for an artist in residence. Mm. Usually, as I said, it's usually about a month. This time it's three months because it is such a full transformation of the space. I mean, you saw, you know, on the outside, the oh, outside yeah. of the building is being um, altered. The entire inside of the space that was part of our goal is anyone who's been to current studio before is not going to recognize this space when they walk in. Uh, it's a total transformation. Um, but when it opens on November 9th, uh, we're very excited to see how the audience is going to react because, as I said, we're really trying to create something that um, the Oklahoma City community has really never seen before in in our community. Um, so it's it's been a really exciting process. That is really exciting. I know, yeah. in fact, in fact, to uh, uh, in terms of you talking about the facility being transformed, that's the first thing that struck me is when I when I walked in the door, and I've been here two or three times for other exhibitions. When I walked in, I turned around and walked back out and asked the ladies out there exactly, <laughs> am, I, am I at the right place? I, I literally didn't know. Great. Yeah. Well, we're on the right track. <laughs> yes. that's, we're doing the right thing then. Um, that's exactly what we were hoping for. Of course, it's a bit of a construction zone right now. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, I think, a really magical experience. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of actually hard to find the right words to describe what it is that we're trying to do because it is something like most of us have never seen before. And so, even just talking with friends or people out, you know, in the community, trying to explain to them what it is that we're doing. Uh, it's kind of hard because yeah. we don't really have the right language for describing this type of art uh, because it's so different than what we're used to seeing. You know, usually you go into a gallery or museum and you can't touch anything. In fact, it's quite frowned upon if you touch things. Um, you certainly can't play with them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it really is, you know, flipping a a lot of that on its head, uh, which is exciting to me to be able to explore um, something new. Yeah, and I was thinking, usually, and this is a little bit out of order from the way I would usually do this, usually towards the end of the interview, I would ask if there are ways, if people are curious about this and want to get mm -hmm. more information, but what I thought I would do, since we're talking about something that is a concept right now, just to mm -hmm. be able to give people an idea, if they, as they are curious, I didn't know if there are any suggested ways right now that they can get any information about this or see anything visual. I, oh, I wasn't sure. sure exactly yeah, you know, yeah. available. So, um, on, on the current studio website there's a page about this project and if if you go to factoryobscura.com it takes you straight to that page on oh, the current okay. studio website and we are posting some kind of behind the scenes photos there um, which are coming from our instagram and facebook pages so mm. you can also follow those on social media um, but we also right now have um, a fundraising campaign out there it's a crowdfunding campaign on the hatch fund platform which is kind of like Kickstarter, but it's specifically for artistic projects. Hmm. And Hatch Fund is a nonprofit, so if you donate, your, your donation is tax deductible, which also makes it unique from other crowdfunding sites. Um, but there's a video as part of that campaign. If, again, if you go to factoryobscura.com, you'll see the video and the Hatch Fund campaign, and it has a lot more information about this installation in particular, but also our long-term vision for what Factory Obscura can become. 
Oh, very good, very yeah. good. I thought that way people could, you know, get, get, be able to kind of visualize things a little more. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of, of behind-the-scenes photos, but we are also retaining a certain air of mystery about ah. about what what the installation will be because there there are a lot of surprises that are incorporated into the installation, and we don't want to give too much away before people come. Very good, <laughs> very good. And then I guess talking a little more in the in the specifics in terms of understanding the importance of experiential art. And, and understanding what, you know, Thomas, what your motivation was in terms of what, you know, what excites you about this and what, you know, gave you the vision for this as well, uh, being involved in this. I thought we would hear, if we could hear from you a little bit about, you know, what, why this is something that's important to you. Sure. Um, <clears throat> this, this is from my perspective and not the artist's perspective, but um, in terms of human consciousness, uh, I've done a lot of different meditation techniques, and the ones that, that work the best for me um, a lot of times are very visually dominated and so you create your own visual image and in a sense run that through your head and run that through perhaps your body even and and I feel like the space can provide that baby step of these visual images that you might work with in meditation um, and an interesting thing on it on the side for me is is a I, I do a particular meditation a lot of times before bed. Um, the idea that you would try to run energy up and down your hands and and or your feet. And when I did the um, several nights of felting, now <laughs> when I when I when I do not that that particular meditation, but a, a different meditation, um, the experiences are drastically different and drastically better by the actual tactile hmm. interaction with the felt. Um, which is very cool, and I, I can feel it for hours after. Wow! And and I feel like this kind of sort of provides a baby step for people towards that, whether they know that consciously or not. Oh, okay. So it's something that even if they're not necessarily, if they've not really, you know, had a lot of exposure to anything about human consciousness or these types of practices, that by doing the, you know, having hands-on, hands-on contact, that that would. I think most of the experts in the field of. Um, of consciousness, if you would, know that, you know, 80 to 90% of our consciousness, so to speak, of what we think is really underneath, you know, it's all subconscious stuff, so this is going to affect people in a big way, whether they want it to or not. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And that's uh, what I thought, uh, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, are there, since I understand this is the first of its kind in Oklahoma City, I didn't know if there was any uh, inspiration that you all drew from any mm-hmm. other exhibits, you know, in, in, the, in the United States or around the world that kind of helped with this vision? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, artists are always influenced by other artists. Uh, but for this in particular, we've been very inspired by two specific uh, projects. Uh, one is the City Museum in St. Louis, which is a very um, physical, interactive essentially giant sculptural playground for um, kids of all ages. <laughs> uh, and then also uh, Meow Wolf in Santa Fe, which um, Meow Wolf is a collective of artists in Santa Fe. And last year they opened a permanent exhibition called the House of Eternal Return. Hmm. And uh, it they are following a lot of these same kind of ideas. You know, it's a fully immersive environment. You enter into a whole different world. In fact, a lot of different worlds in that, in that installation. Um, 
And they've seen tremendous success with that project that, you know, they've got lines out the door almost every day for people to come in and experience this space. And, you know, a lot, I think a lot of people are recognizing that people are becoming more and more interested in experiences versus things or objects. Um, They'd rather pay to have an experience than pay to have a, a trinket or something that they can take home. Um, it's more about experiencing with some something with other people, and you know having that photogenic moment yeah. is also important now. Um, and and uh, this really kind of responds to that d- sort of development in what people are interested in and where where they want to spend their time and their money um, is in having really valuable, engaging, you know, memorable unique experiences yeah so that's really what we're trying to create Uh, but maybe thomas can talk a little bit about his experience at city museum that kind of kicked a lot of this off (laughs) um i would like to give credit too to um tammy greenman Um, she's one of our founding members she really had the idea of human consciousness um between these two spaces though um particularly city museum um when you walk in the door you're just overwhelmed by the size, the complexity of um, repeating patterns in the space that just make these massive pieces. And um, you can either climb on them, climb through them, jump on them. Um, and so in that regard, I mean, I don't know what kind of human consciousness goes into repeating patterns. Or, you know, you see that in nature um, everywhere. So... You know, there's that aspect, and then you've got the clever aspect of, of Meow Wolf. Meow Wolf is sort of, in some ways, City Museum graduated to a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, not better, either. Just it's just a little more clever in some ways, um, and they took a different direction. So that's that's to me um, a lot, and I would say the City Museum, ha- or excuse me, the Meow Wolf experience has a little bit more of a tip into human consciousness at the at the overt level. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, both of them at the covert levels everywhere, mm-hmm. but too. But um, I'd say that's a big inspiration. Of course, Tammy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whenever we were we started meeting with the artists and trying to figure out what it was we were going to make in current studio for this specific project. Um, you know, we needed sort of a theme to tie it all together. And, and we, we talked about lots of ideas, as you can imagine. But what it really came down to was we wanted, we wanted to explore this idea of human consciousness and um, really thinking about that on multiple planes that, you know, you can think about consciousness, you know, just in the basic level of, you know, your consciousness as it changed throughout the course of the day, you know, from waking up in the morning to being fully awake and then all the way to being back asleep again at night, um, your consciousness as it evolves and changes over the course of your lifetime, but also consciousness as it has grown and evolved over the course of humankind. You know, we, we Mm. have changed as people, uh, and become hopefully, you know, elevated in our consciousness uh, as we evolve. And so we're kind of looking at it on these three different levels and how can we represent 
those um, varying levels of consciousness in a physical and visual way in this installation. So that's kind of the underlying concept as you move through the space and there are multiple paths that you can take um, and there is no map. You won't really know what you're getting into uh, whenever you take your first step <laughs> into the installation. Um, but it will, uh, you know, it it does take you through that, you know, the, the highs and lows of consciousness. You know, there's some, some areas that are very, you know, kind of sleepy and introspective. And then there are some things that are much higher energy, you know, much <laughs> more vivid. Um, so it kind of takes you through all of those different kind of um, states of consciousness as you move through the installation. Yeah, and I was thinking just as as I walked in here, as far as the inner, and I assume is there, would you say there's an intersection between art and consciousness? I was just kind of mm. curious in terms of sometimes, I know some people say I've met that say they're not really interested in art necessarily, or they, you know, have partaken of it to a certain, I guess it would be hard to go through life and not be exposed to some of it. Yeah. But I have to wonder though, if there is this, you know, in terms of the, that intersection between art and consciousness, in other words, maybe people who don't necessarily find themselves going to art exhibits, you know, would they, even though they come and experience this, maybe they're experiencing art, but it maybe doesn't, you know, overtly feel like that to them in a way. I don't know. I mean, I was just curious if it, yeah, if a... I, I think you're right. And I think that's, one of the really good things about making art in this way that is more physically engaging than the typical art exhibition would be is that people who don't think they're into art will probably enjoy this, you know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like they probably, you know, they may have a perception of art being kind of a stuffy museum, formal experience, um, with, you know, gilded ornate gold frames and lines on the floor that say, do not cross this line. And, um, I can see how that experience w might not be for everyone. Hmm. Um, but I hope that what we're creating is something that is, feels much more inviting and, uh, something more interesting to a broader range of people. Uh, but I do, I do think that there is, there, I think that people who make art or who are um, interested in art, who think about art, are people who probably also think about consciousness um, either directly or sort of indirectly. Um, because as as artists, you're you're always trying to communicate an idea or a message. Um, you know, art is a visual communication tool, and um, to make art, you kind of have to think within yourself, like, what is it that I am trying to say with this piece? And so that causes you to have to, you know, examine your own self. Um, and then if you're someone, even if you don't make art, if you're someone who appreciates art, um, you're always trying to interpret and understand what someone else is trying to communicate to you. And um, that also causes a lot of self-examination and makes you think about how we connect to each other, um, how we communicate with each other. Am I understanding you? Um, so I do think that, you know, art just inherently has, has an effect, an effect on our consciousness for sure. Yeah, this is, it's, it's really exciting to see that, you know, people who maybe have never found themselves necessarily thinking they're inter interested, you know, in art, you know, 
maybe this open, you know, possibly opens some doors for people where they start to, you know, maybe they don't know it consciously at first, but mm -hmm. you know, that that actually, you know, gives them a, a life changing experience to a certain degree where they maybe see things a little differently and, and, and begin to appreciate that visual, you know, the visual as well as the, the tactile aspect of that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, um, asking the question lately, um, just out of curiosity, but also for another sort of secret project, but, <laughs> um, asking people what to them makes a, an experience memorable hmm. and asking for examples, like what's a really memorable experience from your life. And, um, a lot of people have responded uh, something like, you know, have, experiencing something that is different. You know, it challenges you in a way, but it's also something totally unique from anything else you've ever encountered. And uh, that's really what we're trying to create with this installation. That is really, really cool. I didn't know if you all had any uh, anything additional that you wanted to share as far as uh, any additional information at the present time that people might want to know? Or? Um, well, she said it, and, and maybe I'll say it a different way, is to inspire awe, mm -hmm. which sometimes is in limited demand right now, or <laughs> limited availability. That's oh, yeah, is that kind of in, in terms of the mass media entertainment and just everything being so kind of almost fleeting? and Yeah, a bit, yeah. A bit in that way. Mm -hmm. But in, in terms of her, you know, what does make a, a, an experience memorable, so, you know, is that, you know, you, you might have seen it, you know, watching a sunset or mm -hmm. you, you walk into a space like this and you see the sunset, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's a sense of wonder. Yeah. Well, the, the only thing else that I would say is um, that we have really big plans for what is to come with Factory Obscura. Um, this installation at Current Studio it really is, you know, it's our first installation as a collective and it's um, a proof of concept, if you will, so that we, you know, have we have something to show people so that when we, we're trying to explain what it is and we don't have the words for it, we can just show you. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we do intend to continue to build installations in other spaces um, on a temporary or permanent basis, but those installations will kind of grow in scale, ultimately leading us to a permanent location here in Oklahoma City that um, will be, you know, 10, 20, 100 times bigger than what we're building here mm. in current studio. We'll see. Um, but that really is our long-term goal is that Factory Obscura becomes, uh, you know, a place of its own that not only provides this really, you know, awe-inspiring, immersive experience for people to come, but it also creates a new type of economy for supporting artists and our community. So um, we have a lot of big ideas about what Factory Obscura can accomplish for Oklahoma City. And as I mentioned earlier, you can follow along with all of this on the website, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we have a mailing list that you can sign up for if you want to keep in the loop about all the things that are happening with Factory Obscura. Um, and to just encourage people to, you know, if they can, to give to mm -hmm. our fundraising campaign. Um, the, that money is going directly to paying for the materials to build this installation. But more importantly, it's going to pay our artists. 
So as I said, it's really important to us that artists are paid for their work. You know, artwork is really hard work. Um, and, you know, it, we're privileged to do it, but it is hard work. And um, those artists deserve to get paid. So we hope that people will consider helping us make that possible. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like this is really going to potentially, this can benefit, you know, everyone in the community who wants to, to partake and experience this. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was going to say, in terms, lastly, uh, if any, in terms of volunteering opportunities, I didn't know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if there's any opportunities that people, you know, as they go and look at this online and, and learn more about it, I didn't know if there are any opportunities for people yeah. to, to get involved. Um, this kind of work takes many hands. And, <laughs> um, and we are welcoming volunteers. Yeah. On the website, there's a volunteer sign-up form, and it just is a very simple questionnaire, you know, just asking about, like, your interests and what are your skills so that we can figure out a volunteer opportunity that's right for you. Um, but, yeah, we are inviting volunteers to come in and help us make this work um, for Shift at Current Studio, but also going into the future, we're going to have lots of other projects coming up that we could use volunteers. Well, that's very good. So come join us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th I thank you all so much for taking the time. This has been really enjoyable and really, really educational for me to learn more about this and want to share this with everybody. So this is wonderful. Thank you all yeah, so much for taking you. the time. Thank you. Appreciate it.